What's going on, everybody? As usual, before we get going with today's episode, just want to give a quick shout out to NordVPN. You can use NordVPN to browse the internet privately, safely, and securely. It allows you to unblock all sorts of things, such as streaming services in other countries. If you use our GTD affiliate link, you can sign up now for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee, saving up to 70%. You can use our link. It's in the bio if you're watching this on YouTube. It's on our website, gtdsports.com. So sign up for NordVPN with our affiliate link today. This is the Going the Distance podcast. Dude, I'm telling you, when I'm driving a fucking Porsche and living on a yacht, you're going to be like, oh, I wish I got into the top drive. You had two picks on two defensive possessions in a row, and you don't win the field position battle? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? This is a fun show. <laughs> yeah, this is fun. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Going the Distance podcast. My name is Ryan Bennell, and alongside me is Elijah Spann. Today is Thursday, September 16th. We have, actually, is this? No, this is our second Thursday night football matchup that we're going to be talking about later in this one. But football's in full swing, of course, and so is the Going the Distance podcast on our twice-a-week format. Before we get into this one, make sure you guys check out our website, gtdsports.com. Check us out on social media, at gtd underscore sports, and at gtdsports.com on TikTok as well. Our personal accounts, I'm over at RyanBennell8, and Elijah is at ElijahSpan19. And last but not least, subscribe to the GTD Sports newsletter to keep up with email notifications on all new episodes and blogs and things like that. Oh, actually, tally site too. Forgot to mention. Uh, we're, we're on tally site now posting our betting picks. I, I saw Elijah just tweeted out his NFL Week 2 slate. So be sure to go and check us out on there. We have a full list of analysts now coming out. I think six of us are signed up right now. Six of the, the staffers here at GTD. Uh, but yeah, we've got a great episode planned. We're doing talking about, a little bit about the USC job, uh, the Thursday night football matchup, of course. Have a few debate questions for Elijah and myself, and then we're going to end this one off with another segment of Taylor Fade because it went well last week. Well, for one of us, <laughs> we'll get into that. But before any of that, there is some not so much breaking news, but there's a lot of rumors going around in the uh, coaching world that. Uh, well, USC already fired their head coach. So they lost to Stanford by 14 this past weekend at home in the Coliseum. And Stanford is a struggling program right now. So that was not a good loss, especially as a top 20 team. USC, they said that was the last straw. They fired their head coach. And now the head coaching race is on because USC is one of the most prestigious programs in the country. You know, everybody's going to want to be head coach. Well, I say everybody, but I sure wouldn't want to be. But Urban Meyer is the number one rumor right now. Elijah, what are your thoughts? Um, there's no way Urban Meyer leaves the Jacksonville after one week of NFL football. Um, <laughs> I think he's at least going to stick it out. Maybe if this was like year two and it was going like it is now, I would say yes. But like he just started this. Also, too, it's like, yeah, USC is a top five job. But Urban Meyer already left his dream job at Ohio State. So why would he go back to coaching to do a job but that wasn't even his dream job? Technically, he left his dream job to retire, though. That's true. That's true. But his dream job was Ohio State. Like, that was that was his end-all, be-all, right? True, yeah. But, I mean, I don't know, bro. Maybe he's realizing after – and I don't think he would leave right away. I think it maybe would take, like, a week or so for him to leave. You know, but, again, that would be so weird if he just left, like, a couple weeks into the season. But did you see his uh, press conference too? Yeah, when he was like, I'm not leaving Jacksonville. The rumors are not true. Yeah, I don't know if I'm buying it. I don't know, man. The body language, it just seemed a little off to me. His presentation was a little, I don't know, it seemed staged. And I mean, what other choice does he have? You know what I mean? If he's in the media in front of everybody, what is he going to say? Like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, I'm heavily considering it. Like, no, he has no other option but to refute the it's rumors. talk. Coach talk. College head coaches are definitely mercenaries. So, what do you mean by that? Like they'll just do whatever they want to. They they don't have any loyalty to like the program. Oh yeah, itself. yeah, 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 yeah. You know, definitely. Uh, other than Urban Meyer, though, I mean, leading the charge and like deservedly leading the charge is James Franklin, the Penn State coach, and Luke Fickle, the Cincinnati coach. I personally think 
that Luke Fickle is probably the best bet. If you wanted to place bet on who's going to be the USC next coach, you can. Uh, those two that I just mentioned are at plus 450 odds. Urban Meyer is the third favorite with plus 500 odds, which is actually kind of absurd. He That means he has a 17% chance, according to odds makers, to be their next coach. That I don't know, but that seems a little weird to me. 17% chance. I don't know. I I I would be very surprised that um, there's an echo. Do you hear it? Not really, honestly. I hear it on my end. Um, but anyway, yeah, I would be I'd be highly surprised if Urban left. I think it's I think it's a bunch of bullshit. I think that USC probably wants Urban, um, and people are hyping it up because like that would be hilarious if he just left Jacksonville after you know a month into the NFL or three months or whatever you want to count the off season. <laughs> yeah, because that would be that would be like all time like Urban Meyer just saying fuck it, I do what I want, I'm going out, like I'm going back to college. You guys don't like my ideas in the NFL. So I mean, he back. does do whatever he wants, though. You know, he's fucking Urban Meyer. I don't know. Do you see this as a real possibility, though, or is this a, a no shot? No, I don't see this as a real possibility. I, I don't know. I, I think I kind of want to leave that, like, 1% to 5%, you know, chance. I don't know, just for skepticism. But in reality, yeah, I don't think this is – possible i i guarantee i don't guarantee but if i was gonna bet i would bet on luke fickle i really think he yeah. has built yeah built that cincinnati program up to a top 10 team as a group of five team which is really impressive but what makes me sad about that actually though is i i hate seeing these small time coaches just get bought out by big programs you know what i mean and and maybe it's because i come from a small school tcu we've grown up as the little guys always have been but tcu was lucky enough to find that coach and hold on to him because Gary Patterson has turned down countless offers from bigger schools and even NFL teams. So like these college teams, these, I don't want to say poverty franchises, but kind of these poverty programs that are never going to win a national championship. They're losing their coaches left and right now because they can't, they can't compete with the big schools. And so I don't know if that's a knock on the coach, you know, because why wouldn't you want to coach a power five team? If you had the opportunity to. Yeah, because that's like that's what you grow up wanting to be when you be a coach is that like you want to be you want to have one of those big power five jobs. Like you want the USC job, you want the UT job. I mean, you want the you want the SEC job of like LSU or Bama or something like that. Like that's what you grow up wanting, you know. Yeah. Like when you start your career, it's like oh if one day, like Ohio State, like those are those are the jobs that you want. And like it's pretty much been solidified that if you want to get those. You start the group of five, you make like you make a New Year's six bowl with a group of five team, and then odds are one of those top ten jobs are gonna fire one of those coaches at some point. If you do well enough at the group of five, then you're gonna get hired. That's pretty much the roadmap. We've seen it time and time again. Um, you've seen it with Scott Frost with UCF going to Nebraska, which probably closer to a top twenty job instead of a top ten job. But I know, yeah, that's ago, still a good example, though. Yeah, it's still a good example. I mean, um, you know, to, uh, Todd Herman, Tom Herman, Tom Herman um, from Houston to Texas, yeah, Houston to Texas. Um, you know, they they all do it. That's pretty much it. The that's that's what they do. I mean, Chris Peterson, Boise. I was, State I was just about to say that one. Like, you could consider that a jump up because I mean, Boise State is still a top twenty-five team, but yeah, I mean, went to the Power Five. Yeah, it's another leap. Yeah, well, they went from a group of five to the Power Five, and then turned Washington into what it is, or turned Washington into a dog for a little bit, but. Yeah, they were a playoff team with him. They're a playoff yeah. team. So that's that's what that's what they do. Like this is it. It's kind of like it's kind of like if you want to be a head coach in the NFL, you should be a um an offensive coordinator or a quarterback's coach under Sean McVay. You'll get a job in like six months. Yeah, it and does you, yeah, you're right though. It does seem like there is shit. like that roadmap, yeah, of the group of five have to have success there before getting to the power five. But I think also at the same time, you look at guys like uh I'm blanking on the Clemson OC's name, but the Clemson offensive coordinator is also in the conversation. I think another route too is to to get those assistant jobs, but again, there isn't necessarily a direct roadmap to land like the, the OC or defensive coordinator job at a Power Five school. But I think that's another route too is teams go for bigger programs, coordinators, and assistant coaches. Like you look at the Saban coaching tree, holy shit! Yeah, he's yeah. produced so many head coaches. Well, even a lot of like. Big uh, 
assistants at big schools, they'll go to a power, they'll go to a group of five. Like Lane Kiffin did it um, with FAU, and then he jumped back up to Ole Miss, but he's kind of been all over the place. Lane Kiffin um, is an enigma, bro. He's, Lane he's a weird is, dude. Is an enigma for sure, but I love watching him coach. Football. Me too. I love. I always. I watched FAU, and I never would have watched FAU football. Fuck no. Unless he was there. Um, but yeah, like it. That's you know, this is pretty much like what's been established. I mean, unless you're like an OC or DC for Saban, you're pretty much gonna like jump from an assistant, prove you can be a head coach in the group of five, get a good Power Five job, and then sometimes they'll do the the smaller Power Five school into a bigger Power Five school, kind of like Matt Campbell's probably gonna do. With Iowa State, like he's only got a matter of time before somebody backs up the Brinks truck on him. Yeah, he's he's up there too. He's like the fourth or fifth favorite, I think, for the USC mm-hmm. job. A lot of people have talked about him too. Mm-hmm. That's what it's kind of like a double edged sword, you know, because these guys they have such loyalty to the program. Because I mean, Iowa State, especially Campbell's a great example. I mean, Iowa State has never been a dominant football program historically, and right now they are easily one of the top programs in the big 12 and probably a top 10 team nationwide i don't know they kind of had a rough start they barely scraped by you and i lost to iowa last week but regardless they are a good football team now and that is largely in part because of matt campbell so it's kind of the double-edged sword now because for campbell personally it may be in his best interest to take another job you know probably a bigger payday maybe a better living situation for his family who knows i would certainly like to live in southern california compared to fucking Ames, Iowa, that's just, that's just me. So, but then that other side of the sword is like, now this whole fan base that you've spent years, like building their trust, you just kind of leave, leave them in the dust. Well, money solves that problem. So, well, yeah, but <laughs> it solves it for him. But I mean, the relationship between the fan base and him, you know, I think um, some fans get mad, but I think most understand that like, Hey, you know, if I if I saw that blank check too, I'd probably do the same thing. Which is because it's it, we've got, we're so accustomed to it. Because money, money talks. Money don't discriminate. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's money's it's, king. Money's king. Like it's you know dollar to make you holler. Dollar to make you holler. Yeah, I don't, dude. But like in TCU situation, what would you do if Gary Patterson left? Like, how would you feel? I would be just so I would shocked. Be shocked. I'd be shocked. I would, yeah, I don't know how I would react, honestly. We also, I mean, he's pretty well paid. I think he makes in the six to seven million dollar range, and that was he's a couple of years ago. One of the highest, he's like one of the top five paid coaches in the country, I think. So, yeah, why would he? Why would yeah, he? Yeah, honestly, he, I guess he's already getting the bag. So, yeah, and too, he's got a fucking statue outside of him. Like, yeah. he's, I think, I think he's already like G Pat has already established himself as the head coach in TCU. Like for forever, and I think he relishes that that he is TCU football. And yeah, I think he likes that. Like, yeah, and he always will be. And I don't kind of like uh, Bill Snyder at K State. Yeah, I mean Bill Snyder especially got immortalized with the fucking stadium named after him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he was coaching there, and they they had the stadium named after him. Yeah, which that's crazy in of itself. But yeah, that's a that's a great example too. Snyder is always going to be remembered as K State football. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could argue that for Alabama too with Nick Saban. Saban didn't didn't Bear Bryant coach in college too? Yeah, he was Alabama's coach. That's, for that's a what long I was time. that's what I was thinking. Was Bear Bryant was at Bama? Yeah, so Bear Bryant too could be considered. But yeah, Patterson in, in particular is definitely like Patterson and TCU football are synonymous. They are they are one. Without mm-hmm. Patterson, there is no Power Five program. Yeah, it's honestly crazy to think about like how much the university kind of owes to him. Cause realistically, I mean, the TCU, TCU sports would not be in the big 12 if it wasn't for Gary Patterson. No, I don't think they would probably not. I mean, like he, I mean, but he's been here for what, 25 years, like our entire lifetime. He's been with TCU. So yeah, since yeah. 2001. Yeah. We were, I was three. <laughs> I was a few months old. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So maybe one. No, actually, I almost I glanced over this doing the intro, almost forgot about it. We got to start with some would you rather questions, you know, Thursday episode. Uh, so that's kind of all there is really to it about the USC coaching job. Urban, not going to happen, most likely. I think Luke Fickle is probably going to be the best bet going forward. Just because, I mean, 
like we said, it's more common to go from that group of five to power five rather than, you know, James Franklin, I think that would be weird if he moved from Penn State to USC. I think Penn State is just as sought after as a job. Oh, Penn State's a good job, but it's not a USC job. USC is a top five job. Penn State is not a top five job. Yeah, Penn I mean, Penn State's like not even number two in the, his own conference. Like, I would take obviously number one job in Big Ten is uh, uh, Ohio, Ohio State. State. Probably Michigan is second, actually. Michigan would be two. I mean, you could maybe argue Wisconsin as three. Maybe. I think it would be between Wisconsin and Penn State for three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's arguably not even a top three job. Yeah, uh, when you put it that way, yeah. But I mean, it's still like a like a kick-ass job to have. Yeah, because I mean, if you look at the Pac-12, USC is by far and away the number one job to have in the USC or to, in the Pac-12. You get to live in LA. A lot of people say Franklin will fit in LA pretty pretty easily. So I could see him taking it too. He is a very likable character, James Franklin. He's a funny dude. Yeah, I saw a video of a uh, so Keegan Michael Key, the guy from Key and Peele. Um, he went to Penn State and they did a little switcheroo on their last football game where Keegan Michael Key dressed up just like James Franklin. Cause they honestly, Keegan Michael Key just looks like a skinnier version of him. They look kind of similar with their bald, shiny heads. So mm-hmm. he put on the little stubble beard, put on the coach's outfit, and started walking like him and everything. It was kind of funny. He literally led the team out of the tunnel. Thought yeah. that was funny. He does look like him, 100%. All right, anyway, though, enough about the coaching rumors. Let's hit the the would-you-rather questions. So for mine this week, uh, this is inspired by last night's – or not last night. I'm still thinking it's a Tuesday episode. About Monday night's game, the Raiders and the Ravens. Hell of a game, by the way. So would you rather be forced to only watch JV women's basketball for the rest of your life or – Get the same haircut in Mike as Mike Davis. Mark Davis. Oh yeah, and proudly wear it around. Oh, only watch JV basketball or the haircut. Yeah. Already got you got to rock a haircut a- forever though. I already got fucked on a haircut this week. I'm feeling bold, so um, I'll I'll rock with the haircut just so I can watch football. Wait, yeah, I meant to ask you about that too. What is what is your haircut story? Yeah, so those of you noticed, I don't have the flow anymore. Um, I got fucked by the barber. So I haven't gotten my haircut since I moved to Austin. Let's rephrase it. You got fucked by the barber. (laughs) Yeah. By she, she fucked me. She like no lube. Didn't, (laughs) didn't, didn't buy me dinner. Just straight up fucked me. No whining and dining. No whining and dining. Um, anyway, so like I, I asked my cousin, he sent me like this nice place. It was kind of expensive. It was like a 40 or $50 haircut and I don't pay that much money but i was like hey it's a lot i have longer hair so it's like needs more like care i guess you can't just kind of like get it at sports clips and be okay so i was like fuck it i'll do it and she was like yeah i I was like yeah i just want to trim and then she goes okay i'll clean up the sides and she was like is it okay if i do it with a razor so that way it's more uniform and i was like um sure i'll trust you because it's like it was a nice place like i said like i don't know shit about cutting hair i'm sh- i was like i always trust just trust the people yeah yeah i was like i'm paying you 50 fucking bucks i i'm gonna assume you know what you're doing that was a mistake <laughs> she fucked me so like i ended up with you ever watched the sopranos i and i've watched a few episodes okay, i you know, know what Ralphie you're talking about though from the sopranos um no i'll just keep going okay. yeah well, anyway, I had like a 1930s gangster or like I had like a Nazi haircut, like those 1930s army man haircut where it's like pretty much buzzed on the sides and like flown back all the way. And I was like, fuck that. That is not <laughs> my look. I was so mad. Like she totally I I went to a different haircut place today to fix it, to go back to my like hairstyle that I had before I grew up the flow. And like the lady was talking mad shit about the job that that she did she was like she fucked up this she was like your your sideburns are uneven your neckline is crooked and it's weird it's all fucked up and i was so it was a terrible experience i couldn't believe it and i didn't want to cut off the flow and it got taken away from me I got robbed. <laughs> so how much were you trying to cut off 
Dude, I was trying to go for a trim, just kind of flatten out the sides because the sides are getting thick, so the top will lay down better, keeping the flow going, kind of, you know, get rid of some of that extra weight so I didn't have a coconut head. And, like, not not no length at all. And now my whole hair is gone. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, it looks good now that she corrected it. Yeah. No, it looks good that she corrected but what I had before was <laughs> fucked. I was was furious that's how you know it's bad though if if like the other haircut person is literally just flaming it like oh she messed up this she messed up that yeah she's like what was she doing oh dude the thing that pissed me off too she is while the lady was cutting my hair i was like well maybe it's not as bad as i think it is right now i'll like take a shower when i get home it's fine and like while i was getting my haircut she was like bragging about how she went to the best cosmetology school in the whole country and she went like soho in new york with like this world famous guy or something and i was like yeah well they obviously didn't teach you how to fucking listen <laughs> so mad dude do you talk to your haircut ladies during the haircut if they ask me questions i'll talk but like sometimes like i don't really care yeah i'm, I'm kind of the same way if they start the conversation sure i'm all for it but like i'm not gonna be like so How's cutting hair? <laughs> like, yeah, we we can sit here in silence for the next twenty minutes if you want to. Like, yeah, fine. I'm totally okay with that. I don't give a fuck. I'll never forget my. I had a traumatic haircut experience in like the fourth grade. I used to have down to my shoulders like waves. I had really really long hair, and I went to get a trim, and this bitch cuts it all the way down to my head, like shorter than it is now. And it was just I had to. I wore a hood. I left the store crying. I mean, I was like. 10 so it was more accept socially acceptable to cry at that time uh <laughs> but man i don't know can never trust those haircut ladies Ugh, ugh. but whatever it's fine i like my hair now but it's uh probably i had to get pay about 90 bucks to get here dude that's ridiculous yeah i usually pay about 30 so, for my haircut no that's what i paid the second time but like fucking a yeah but anyway that. Anyway, yeah. Um, so would you rather be a fan of the Washington football team or uh, have sewage water dumped on you like some fans did on Sunday's game last week? So personally, I think this is a pretty easy decision simply because one thing is a one and done. You just have to suffer for one time, get it over with. But then another thing is a lifelong of pain, suffering, confusion frustration a lot of things go into being a washington football team fan uh so i'm gonna choose the sewage actually i would i would love i wouldn't love it but in comparison to being a washington football team fan i would let it rain baby put it on me yeah I'll just oh go take a few showers scrub it off you know i'm good to go but if i'm a washington football team fan i don't know i don't know i, that, I gotta say fucking three words anytime i want to describe my team which is bullshit yeah, I agree with you 100%. Because with the sewage, you get shit on once. If you're a football team, you get shit on every day. Every weekend. Every day. Except for maybe tonight. I don't know. That leads into our next topic, Thursday night football. Thursday night football. I'm at, dude, for some reason, like I'm really looking forward to this game. I, I am too. <laughs> I don't I know mean, why. I think it's going to be a good matchup. Washington, New York. Mm -hmm. I think it'll be fine. Like, Of course, there's a lot of question marks, though, surrounding both teams right now. Like they're kind of both hot topics in the media, because mm -hmm. yes. I mean Washington, especially without Fitzpatrick. So my thing with Washington right now is that everyone has been hyping up the football team nonstop. Like they've been so high on them because they went to the playoffs last year and lost to Tom Brady. They didn't. They competed and lost. But like. I think people need to remember that this was a seven and nine football team that won a Dakless NFC East. Yeah. Well, they did and, get a little bit better in the offseason. But yeah, you're right. I think I think people are overhyping them a little bit. And they're they're thinking that I don't get me wrong, I love Ryan Fitzpatrick, but they're saying that Ryan Fitzpatrick all of a sudden turns his team around like he was the missing piece. Ryan Fitzpatrick has never been a missing piece in his entire career. He's just a really good backup who puts a, a few electric good games. And then he inevitably falls like this is he does not change the future of the Washington football team. And people are acting like he does. So I think a lot of people have been overreacting about them. And then we'll see what Heineke can do. I, I think there's going to be a really good matchup. I'm leaning probably towards the football team to win this matchup because their defense is good. 
And Daniel Jones is a turnover machine. Not just interceptions, but fumbles too. His fumbling is arguably worse than his interceptions. It probably is. He, he didn't have any picks against Denver, but he had a fumble. He had a fumble. I mean, I would put a prop bet for Chase Young to have a forced fumble tonight. That might be some juicy odds, actually. Juicy odds, too. Very juicy odds. I mean, yeah, about Heineke, though, I am excited to see Heineke, especially after his little stint last year. I do want to see what he's capable of because he. I think he provides a spark. He plays with a lot of confidence, which is pretty rare for a newbie, a backup in the NFL. He comes in and plays as if he's the starter, confidence-wise. So and you're right, though, Fitzpatrick, it is kind of crazy to see how people described him as the missing piece. Yeah, I mean, he never has been that. But I think the reason why is this year he was kind of like, what's the word I'm looking for? Not not so much like the stepping stone needed to get to their next stage, but he was kind of like a filler. He's the unheralded starter for like the second time in his career. Yeah, but in, chances are, though, even if he was healthy all season, he would play all year. And Washington would draft a quarterback. I dude, honestly, I would. I'm of the opinion that at some point he would have probably been benched for Heineke if he's been healthy all year. Really, like a game or two, and then they'll put him back in. I think. Like, see, I think Heineke though might might actually be good. I, and I know Fitzpatrick won the job, so he can't be that great. But I think Heineke might pop off. I think Heineke just puts his nuts on the table. That's what I'm saying. He's so confident. It's insane. Like, I think, I think that's what, like, the few times, like, he's not necessarily, like, the super talented guy. He's not, like, a franchise QB, but he's in, like, that Gardner Minshew. Like, I'm going to put my fucking nuts on the table. Plays with heart. You guys love it. It's probably, I, it's, it's almost like the, the tatted QB thing. I feel like tatted QBs have a little extra flash their game. <laughs> um, like, you think, uh, it adds you know. plus two speed to their Madden stats. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Like uh, a couple of awareness points. I don't know. Um, just uh, maybe it's like they just they walk around with a bigger dick. You know what I mean? Basically. And so, it, with Heineke in charge, though, I think the defense – I know we've talked about the defense plenty because that's what the Washington football team should be known for is their defense this year. But they're going to have to step up even more without Fitzpatrick they're really going to have to rely on that defense and they're going to have to I don't know they're gonna, the defense is probably going to be on the field for the majority of the game I would say now like time yeah. of possession wise I would say Fitzpatrick would be much better at controlling the ball just because he's a veteran in that sense mm -hmm. so that might be something to look at too well I think it's a lot of this is on the OC um I expect a heavy dose of Antonio Gibson and um Scary Terry early and often um, a lot of screenplays, just get the balls in the playmaker's hands because that's kind of what you do when you're in a backup situation. Just put the guys, put the ball in the hands that can make plays. You yeah. Know? So a lot of screen passes, a lot of quick slants um, to Scary Terry and then just handing the ball off to Gibson. I, I expect a lot of that. Hey, we'd be okay with those uh, quick slants to Scary Terry. We got him on our podcaster's fantasy team. Damn straight. Yeah, I think McLaurin, they've got to get him going. Yeah, because I think – he did okay in week one, but they've got to target him a little bit more. I mean, Deami Brown, as talented and athletic as he is, he's a rookie and he's their wide receiver too right now. So they got to get some more targets to Logan Thomas as well. But we talked about it a little bit last week. I think it's really going to be interesting to see how this relationship with Heineke and McLaurin pans out. If Heineke's really going to rely on him and use him as that veteran rock to get him, you know, third down, always look for McLaurin, that kind of thing? Or is he going to struggle to get the ball to McLaurin because defenses know that rookie quarterbacks rely on veterans? You know, like it could go the opposite way. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, but I, I, I wouldn't put that much faith in the Giants' defense. Because yeah. McLaurin's that good, you know what I mean? Yeah. McLaurin so, is super talented. Yeah, he's he's, you know – one of the best young receivers in the league right now. The Giants defense isn't so much that bad. I mean, they have who they got Jabril Peppers, Adoree Jackson, Xavier McKinney, Leonard Williams. There's a few recognizable names on their defense. They got definitely got better over the offseason. But against the Broncos, they didn't they looked like shit. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater was throwing all over them. Yeah. 
Like yeah, Teddy Bridgewater if, had a field day with them. If Teddy Bridgewater slices and dices you up, then you have problems. Yeah, a lot of problems too. And another thing that I want to know, or at least another question I want answered in this Thursday night game is what does it, if the Giants really can't get anything going offensively and if Washington is not the best team to play if you want to get things started, but what does this mean if the Giants can't get shit going for Jason Garrett as an offensive coordinator? I think it's time to, to make some changes probably. Pack, pack your bags and get the fuck out of New York. Yeah. Maybe not this early in the season, but like this would be – because Jason Garrett has a penchant for staying around a little bit longer than he should. Yeah. I mean, especially at <laughs> Dallas. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, probably, you know, I would say by midseason. Plus, the Giants are Giants are known to be patient. Um, they – they let their guys stick around. They let it play out. Um, so let's see. Joe Judge was like kind of a good coach last year. This year, I'm not as sold on him after that whole um, hardo move football guy uh, making his team do up downs, making their gro- millionaires do up downs um, after they got into a team fight. So like, I remember that. Yeah. So I'm not. I'm not too high on him anymore. Um, that's why I'm looking so much forward to this game because as a Cowboys fan, I want to see the state of the NFC, these two NFC East teams. So, well, yeah, I, from the Cowboys' perspective, this is literally their competition. I know the Eagles looked great in week one against the Falcons, but – It's the Falcons, remember, but yeah. the Eagles, man. The Falcons. That's the Falcons, man, they're they're going to be shockingly bad this year, I think, actually. They they might finish as a bottom three team. I think, I think you're right. Like te- the Texans – Lions, and then probably. I don't know. No, we're, we're rooting for the Lions, though. Oh, 100%. Yeah, we're rooting for the Lions to win the division, 100%. baby. Um, but who do you got tonight? Do you, do you have any action? Uh, I have not placed any action yet. I am debating it. I really, if I'm going to bet, I'm probably taking Giants plus three uh, or okay. plus three and a half, whatever the line is. Is it three and a half? Three and a half. Three and a half, yeah. So I would probably take Giants plus three and a half because I think regardless of who wins, it's going to be a really close game. So it's going to be a sweat of a bet no matter what. This could be a four or five, six-point game. So mm-hmm. I don't know. That's partially why I kind of want to just stay away and enjoy it as a fan. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. What's your um? What's your final score prediction? So the, the total is at like 41 or like 40 and a half. Wow, that's low. And But – my thing is, is that sometimes these Thursday night football games are gross and they have a pretty high scoring. So I would go on the over. Over? Yeah, I just could see the of, over happening. Just because of Thursday night football and how low it is. But on the flip side, like backup quarterback versus Daniel Jones, who's essentially a backup quarterback. Um, and them two going at it. Like, I, I don't know. But we'll see. Teams tend to get sloppy um, on TNF. So this could be. And it's a very easy total to reach. So I'd probably bet the over if I was going to bet. If I was going to bet on either the Giants or the football team. Oh, I don't even know, dude. It's tough. I want to take the dog at the same time. Like the football team's a better team overall. So I don't even know. Like I'd probably stay away personally and just do some prop bets. Like Daniel Jones over 22 and a half rushing yards. Probably be the bet of the night. I got that. I think I saw him. That's actually a really good one. Yeah, too. I think I saw Logan Thomas's player prop for receptions is over under four and a half, which honestly, five receptions, that I could totally see that for Logan Thomas today. We'll see. Yeah, sometimes backups like to rely on the tight ends for the for those four-yard passes. So it can happen. Yeah, definitely. I don't know. I'm, I'm looking I'm I'm weirdly looking forward to this gross matchup. <laughs> I think for my score prediction, I think it's gonna end like 23 to 20 around that range, okay. which, which team will win. I have no fucking clue. I could, this is literally a coin flip. I think it's going to be anywhere from a three to six point game. I actually, that's what I might bet on. Actually. I might bet on the, like the margin deficit. Of victory. Yeah. Margin of victory. I might just bet on it three to six. If I can, I don't know if Good. I can, I got to check the lines on that. I feel like wide bets offer that shit. Live bets offers everything, bro, but it's like too much what it offers. Yeah, it gets overwhelming. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just like you guys are asking me to lose money right now. Yeah. Now, but for Washington, I mean, if if uh, if Heineke doesn't play well 
what the fuck are they going to do, you know, with Kyle Allen as their third option? Do you think Kyle Allen can do shit? I mean, R- Riverboat Ron loves him. I guess, yeah. So, I mean, probably not. He'll probably just pretty much do what he's done his entire career. Like, Kyle Allen's not going to surprise us, but he's not going to be the worst quarterback to ever to take the field this season. So, it's like, okay. I'm curious to see uh, how both of these team seasons are going to pan out. I have – I said it last week. I'll say it again. I have way too much fucking money riding on the Giants' future bets for them to be playing like this. So I, I would love to see a Giants win tonight because I need them to win the NFC East somehow. I think if I were you, I would just like put down some put down a large sum of money fading the Giants so you kind of get that back and cover it. Uh, I, I could, I mean, just fade them on one game and then make that's the money back for the future that's bet. I don't know. That's, that's when shit gets messy though. Yeah, that's when you put, I don't know, time to put your nuts on the table. Fucking whatever. No, I'm too scared, bro. Especially in this game. Yeah. I was honestly more confident about the Giants against the Broncos. I really thought the Giants were going to win that. Dead wrong. Yeah, that was, that was, I, I initially picked the Giants and then like the day before I was like, fuck, I shouldn't have picked that on tally side. I should have picked the, the Broncos. One thing about tally side though, is you can't delete your picks, which you is kind of, you can't. Yeah. Which is kind of annoying. Because a lot of times the lines change and I want to update it or like my opinion changes and I want to cancel something. So I think I'm probably just going to place mine like super last minute, like right Mm -hmm. whenever I have everything finalized. Yeah, I just did it today just so we could make our picks. So that's why I was like locking it up Thursday. Fuck it. Yeah. So yeah, be sure to uh, check us out on Tally site. No, but still sticking with the NFL, we have a few questions here uh, for Elijah and myself to somewhat debate. Um, We tend to agree on most things. So for content purposes, we we need a bit of arguing. You know, we need a bit of a bit of back and forth conversation. And to start that off, we have a bit of a debate question here is, would you rather currently have Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert as a starting quarterback and why? Justin I, Herbert. No I, was, I already know what you're going to say. Yeah, I already know you're going to say Herbert on this one. So I want to hear why. Um, The deep ball for one. Arm strength in the deep ball. You don't think That's, Joe Burrow can throw the deep ball? Look at his stats. But the thing is, they're often underwhelming. He doesn't throw as many deep balls, though. He doesn't have a deep ball receiver that can – necessarily he had john ross that was a deep threat but john ross is gone now so i mean game week one definitely is um improving his deep ball game with jamar chase he had i think he had one bomb it was like the first touchdown right yeah it was 51 yarder yeah so that i mean like yeah that's good but that's just one game justin herbert did it all last season of putting the deep ball in the right spot um, and to arm strength, I, I am a big believer in arm strength is king for a quarterback. That's the one thing that I would take. That's the one attribute I would take over anything else. Because you look at Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes isn't what makes him great. You know, he can dance around the pocket. He's got great mobility, um, accuracy. But you know what makes him the best quarterback in the league? Because he can fling it 80 yards when he's on a knee. Okay? is his arm strength. But I don't think – I really don't think Joe Burrow's arm strength is – that much behind Justin Herbert. His arm strength is good, but not elite. And that was like the one knock of him coming out. But he's incredibly accurate. Um, you know, he's got good mobility. Hopefully he doesn't play scared, which like he didn't seem to play scared on Sunday. But like I would just take I would just take Herbert over Joe Burrow immensely. Especially like if we were to pick who's gonna have a better career, I'm definitely gonna pick in a, if we did it in a vacuum, are we doing this in a vacuum of like this guy or this guy? Or are we saying who's going to have the better career? I mean, we could talk about both because I think Joe, I mean, I honestly think like no, all bias aside, I think Joe Burrow is currently set up to have the better career. I mean, the Bengals are insanely young right now. I mean, what, what is, what's uh, Justin Herbert going to do whenever Keenan Allen retires or whenever Mike Williams gets injured again? Well, I mean, Mike Williams had a couple of drops, so that might help him, honestly. Okay, well, uh, he still dropped anyway, like 20-something fantasy points. 
Yeah. Um, no, well, I, I think he's going to have a better career teams-wise because he has an organization that knows how to pick an offensive lineman in the first round. See, that I can't fucking argue with. You're right. The Bengals need to figure their shit out on the offensive line. But, I mean, I would rather have, like, offensively, I would rather have Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd as my weapons than Keenan Allen, Jared Cook at tight end, and Mike Williams as the number two. I think weapon, and I would, I would argue that I would rather have Joe Mixon in the backfield, as like Over Eckler, as a true running back. I think I would rather have Mixon, but overall, Eckler maybe, maybe better. Eckler's just he's just the screen god, so versatile. Yeah, the screen yeah. god. Um, I think though, with Justin Herbert, my main reasoning behind taking Burrow is because I think Herbert, in terms of potential. Herbert's ceiling, he's so close to his ceiling already. Whereas I think Joe Burrow has a much, much higher ceiling. It's just whether or not he'll be able to reach his full potential at the organization he's at. Hmm. And I think that that's my main reason. I think potential-wise, Joe Burrow has a lot more room to grow, whereas Justin Herbert has already come into his element in the first year. Yeah, that's true. Um yeah, it's 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 gonna be really these two guys are gonna be compared to each other for the rest of their careers because, well, the three quarterbacks that went top ten last year, um, these guys are definitely better than Tua. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. It's it's literally gonna be Herbert and Bro forever. Yeah, they're that's gonna, gonna be, be compared to each that's other. the new like Dak versus Wentz comparison that we had five years ago, which obviously Dak won that. <laughs> yeah, that died so fast. I <laughs> remember quick, that was a died big quick, debate. but that was a big debate. Um, but this is the new one we're gonna see for the next couple of years. We should readdress this at the midpoint of the season. See who's see who's who. Because yeah. like last year, honestly, before Burrow got hurt, Burrow was Burrow was the rookie of the year. I think so too. I really and think then, he was on pace. And then Just simply because of how much the Bengals were passing, really. Mm-hmm. But then, like when Burrow got hurt, everybody really started to catch on how fucking good Herbert was, and you know that the rest is history pretty much at that point. Like he was electric. I watched a lot of them. I watched a lot of Justin Herbert football last year and he was a damn good rookie. Yeah, um, he was. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not knocking. I think those, both of them are going to have phenomenal careers. Mm-hmm. It's just, I would personally rather have Burrow's skill set. Yeah, that's true. Bur- Burrow's more of a leader. If you want to talk about like the intangibles, Herbert's just kind of a guy, but Locker room loves him. <laughs> I was about to say, but everybody fucking loves Justin Herbert. He's so yeah. funny. I like on their TikTok, he's such like a shy dude, but like he's just he doesn't he even does try to be a, funny. He does yeah, but he does it in like a likable funny way. Like, did you see that uh TikTok of them when they're showing everybody's Madden rating? And they're like, hell nah, like 78, like that's bullshit. Like all his teammates, and then they tell him and he goes. What your rating is? You're like, I don't know. And you're like, 78. And he goes, cool. Happy to be in the game. Grew up playing it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's the most Herbert shit ever, dude. Oh, uh, yeah. And then he, I saw one, too, yesterday. He, like, a- after their most recent game, he literally carried the game ball in his hand for, like, the next 45 minutes everywhere he went just so that whenever the coach handed out the game ball, he was like, oh, coach, actually, I have a surprise for you. There's one more. And then he just pulls it out from behind his back. And everybody's like, yeah! i mean i love herbert don't get me wrong i just i gotta go with burrow on that one gotta go with burrow all right well we'll see we'll we should address this we should yeah yeah we should who's having the better year i'm also curious to see too if burrow's gonna be passing as much i mean in week one burrow only threw 27 passes herbert threw 47 so i don't know if the Bengals are going to be utilizing burrow as much with his knee injury maybe they were a little bit timid We'll see. It was just week one, you know. We can never, we can't analyze week one too much. That's know, true. Also, Joe just, Mixon was going off, so you had to feed Joe him. Joe Mixon had a good game. Yeah. We'll, we'll, as we, as we love to say on this podcast, is uh, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. All right. Um, do you think uh, Jalen Hurts is the Eagles' quarterback of the future? Yes. Yes. Do you? Um, jury's still out. Jury's still out. I think he is. And maybe I'm overreacting after week one, but I think he silenced a lot of haters. And I think with the Eagles current offense that they have, we talk about young teams with the Bengals. 
the Eagles are one of the youngest offenses in the NFL as well. Mm-hmm. So with Rager, with Devontae Smith, I know they're not necessarily the best receivers in the league, but they he could grow with them, develop a really good relationship with them, some chemistry. And I think he's also – he gives the Eagles offense capabilities like they haven't had in a decade. Like he yeah. can do some Donovan McNabb type shit times two. Yeah. That his kind of his intangibles and like who he is as a player reminds me a lot of Dak coming out um, because they're both guys who weren't looked at with incredible physical tools, like in terms of passing, really good runners, but leader of men and huge locker room guys and grinders. Like they're both like Dak and Jalen Hurts are gym rats. You know, everybody in the locker room loves them and they play their heart out. So like, that would be one reason why I see him success because Dak kind of Dak started out his career. I honestly didn't really believe in him, but he was winning games, so I was like, "Fuck yeah!" And Dak transformed himself into elite quarterback over the course of his career. Um, Jalen Hurts could possibly do that himself because the team believes in him. Yeah, and that's another reason too why it, that's such a big factor too is the team does seem to believe in him. I've seen mock drafts already for the twenty, like way too early mock draft projections. And some of them have the Eagles drafting a quarterback, which I think is absolutely insane. Probably not this year. They're probably after that hot week one start. But then again, a lot of football to be played. A lot of football to be played. Yeah. So we'll see. But like I said, I I put him up there as like one of the a really good fantasy option to have. Like I I knew he's going to put up numbers. Yeah, he is a fantastic fantasy option. I didn't didn't think he would do that good as he did in week one, but shit he might be able to keep it up i think though i i genuinely do see jalen hurts being the starter in five years if he if he continues the way he's been playing because i mean even last season whenever he came in he put up numbers he played well he just didn't win games so Mm -hmm. that's the thing yeah all right um next up should the dolphins move on from tua tagaviola already no See, I'm going to say I, I'm i actually kind of for it. No, not yet. Not yet. Um, it's, it's too early. He was hurt a lot last year. It is kind of weird that he doesn't look like that guy that he was in college. He doesn't have the – it seems like he doesn't have the same zip, um, doesn't have the, the same anticipation. Um, his mobility isn't what it was in college. And um, maybe it's a lefty thing. Maybe lefties can't play in the NFL. Too. I don't Having know. Having a Tebow that's, shit. That's well, Tebow. <laughs> Tebow's another story. His problem wasn't being a lefty. His problem is that he didn't know how to throw a football the right way. Hey man, Tebow mania, bro. What are you talking about? Um, so I wouldn't give up on him just yet, but like the Dolphins are a team where position they just need a quarterback to win games. And if Tua ain't it, man, um, I I don't see any reason why they shouldn't trade for a quarterback or trade up in next year's draft if he has another year like this. Yeah, so I'm I kind of I don't want to say I'm all for it like right now. I don't think they should immediately move on to a next quarterback in a week or two, but I think right now they should already be starting trade conversations, you know, calling other teams, seeing what they can come up with, seeing if a deal opens up or an opportunity comes because we talked about it before on the show, the Deshaun Watson rumors I actually think that would be a great move for the Dolphins, regardless of Deshaun Watson's. What? Football-wise. Yeah, yeah, football-wise. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Regardless of his off-field issues and everything going on, I think that if they had Deshaun Watson, the Dolphins are a, I don't know, I don't know, I I dare say Super Bowl contender. Mm -hmm. They They may need a couple more pieces on defense, but shit. They might be Super Bowl contenders. 100%. 100%. Yeah. If they had Deshaun Watson. But Deshaun so that's Watson, the reason. I, yeah. That, that's the reason I would say right now, yes, they should start moving on because they're never going to win with two performing like this. Yeah. And I'll say it right now. I wouldn't be shocked. My job would not hit the floor if by week 10, Jacoby Brissett is starting a couple games. I think Jacoby Brissett's one of the best backup quarterbacks in the entire NFL. He is. I, he's, I, I think Brissett's kind of been giving the shit end of his stick his whole career. He's, he's kind of the top 32 quarterback. 
Yeah, he was fine in Indianapolis. He did okay. I mean, okay, just wasn't a franchise guy. Yeah, definitely not. But I like Brissett. Maybe that's just a personal favorite. But I I like Brissett. That would be really interesting to see, though. If Brissett came on and started playing well for the Dolphins. Yeah. Um. Okay, we have one more. You want to skip that one for time constraints? Yeah, time constraints. We're gonna go ahead and head on to our. We're gonna preview our matchup. We had. A very, very successful week one in fantasy football. I'm here. I'm going to pull it up real quick so that we can showcase our matchup this week against one-on-one fantasy sports consultants. We are currently, I believe, projected to lose, actually. All right. There we go. We got it pulled up. All right. We can also do a little bit of a – oh, wait. This is the wrong league. We can also do a little bit of team adjusting. So we're projected to lose by less than a point, so not worried about that at all. Yeah. So we got we're playing one on one fantasy sports consultant this weekend in our podcasters fantasy league. He's got a pretty decent team. They were they were the second highest scoring team in week one in our podcasters league. I mean, obviously McCaffrey is gonna put up numbers no matter who they're playing. Mahomes is probably gonna put up numbers. Devin Singletary, I'm actually kind of relieved to see him as their running back too. That's fine by me. DJ Moore, Tyler Lockett. Tra- Interesting. Trey Sermon in the flex. Huh. Huh. I think in the in the flex we dominate, but other than that, this might be a closer matchup than I would like. Oh, oops. Sorry, we lost Elijah for a second. I didn't even see you were gone. Nah, it's fine. Um, yeah, let's let's do some last minute subs or team adjustments to look at because that worked out for his last week. Man, it makes me sad, bro. Josh Jacobs is projected eleven points. DeAndre Swift is projected seventeen. Projections don't mean shit, though. All right, what Hopkins, McLaurin? We that's a guaranteed start. Chubb, Murray, it's a guaranteed start. So I think we should stick with Gronk again. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, Gronk went off in week one. They're playing Atlanta, terrible fucking defense. So that's 100%. Now, Aguilar. Aguilar, I'm thinking about Aguilar over Galladay and potentially also swapping, maybe benching Davis because he's playing the Patriots and Zach Wilson's a rookie quarterback against Bill Belichick. Who would you want to, would you want to put Will Fuller up there instead? See, that's what I was kind of thinking, but I don't think it's worth it. But, like, I think that we should just go ahead and just ride with Davis. I think we should ride with Davis, too. Yeah, I think we should see how that pans out. Because even though they're playing Mm -hmm. New England, he's going to get a lot of targets. Mm -hmm. I would be down, though, to move move Galladay out of there and start Aguilar. Do you think we should, or... I don't know, bro, because you know what's going to suck is we're going to move him out, but then Galladay tonight's going to go off for, like, three touchdowns. going to go off. That's what I'm worried about. Because, like, uh, what? The Washington – okay, wait. Is it supposed to oh, – it's going to be shiny. It's going to be sunny. Is it supposed to rain tonight? And It does have the little rain emoji. Um, if it's raining, then we sit him. If it's raining, then we sit him. All right, yeah, I think – that's I'm I'm okay. I think that's really a coin toss, either way. Because I'm just worried that God Galladay is going to catch a touchdown. Yeah, like the Jets too. secondary is like the worst secondary in the league. That's what I was about to say. Is Aglor just has so much more boom potential? I feel like against the Jets. All right, let's do it. It worked out for us last week. Yeah, it did. It did work out. Last minute switch switcheroo. Fuck it. But it also worked out because it was a Thursday night guy. Fuck it, whatever, whatever. I know, I know, dude. That's what I got in my head, too. This is so hard. It was a Thursday night guy last week that worked out for us. Shit. This is a head scratcher. We'll we'll figure it out before kickoff happens. But I asked asked Reddit, and Reddit said most experts are on Galladay over Aguilar. Really? Yeah, but fuck the experts. What do they know? Honestly, bro, expert. I see. I'm gonna be so depressed though if Galladay really goes off. Oh, uh, all right. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But regardless, this is probably here. I'm gonna look at our league matchups. I I have a feeling our matchup against one-on-one FCS or FSC, based on 
last week will probably be the matchup of the week in our league. Mm-hmm. We got a couple, our other GTD podcasts, Betting on the Rocks and Blanket Coverage are both currently 0-1. SMH guys got to pick up the slack. But they are both projected to win their games this week. So, I don't know. I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to it. I think we're going to – we're looking good so far in terms of the rest of the league. I think we're looking good. Mm-hmm. All right. That's all we got for our fantasy matchup. Oh, we got a comment here. Sit Fuller. The Bills will shut him down. Yeah, I agree. I think we should sit Fuller as well. I'm, yeah. I'm also worried, too, just with his first game coming back So from suspension. We'll see how that pans out. I have him in a couple of my leagues, so I would love if he could actually work out as the Dolphins' number one receiver. That'd be fantastic. All right, time to round out the episode. We gotta. We did this for the first time last week. We think we're we're just gonna stick with it as the way to end our Thursday episodes. Give you a little preview into our picks as well for the weekend. So, with that being said. Let's go ahead and recap last week's session of Tail or Fade. Elijah, tell us how we did. So you had a really good week, and you went 7-3 and three based off of my picks, and I went a dismal 3-7 and seven based off of your picks. Ah, seems like a little, little simple day of work for me, you know? Yeah, it was not, it was not sick. It was not dope. <laughs> Yeah, so if, if you're unfamiliar with how we do this, Elijah and I read each other off our top five picks for college football and NFL. And rather than just agreeing or talking about them, we decide if we are going to tail or fade. If we're tailing them, we are agreeing with their pick and riding it. And if we fade it, we're taking the opposite and going against them. So first things first, this week, we're going to start with college football. I'll go ahead and go first. I'm taking Nevada at Kansas State. Over 50.5. Uh, tail. All right. I like that. I think that's going to be a really good game, actually. Um, yeah. You know, Nevada has Carson Strong. They've been killing it. So Kansas plus 18 against Baylor at home. I'm going to fade. Kansas is terrible. Kansas is terrible, bro, but Baylor couldn't even cover against Texas State. So that's my logic. That's true, but it's it's – it's different. Matchups are different, and they're you're right. You're right. Kansas, they're familiar with Kansas, and Kansas just fucking sucks. Dude. They're so bad. Yeah, they're. St- yeah, have you seen their quarterback? He's a string bean. No, I have not. I haven't watched any Kansas football this year. Nor he, do I plan to. The, he is the build of a wide receiver. <laughs> they always kind of have though. athletic quarterbacks, though it seems like, but they never do shit with them. Anyway, next up, I'm going San Jose State. Minus six and a half to beat Hawaii. I think San Jose State, their their line is a lot lower than I think it should be in this one. Hawaii is not a good football team. It's simply because they got embarrassed by USC last week, which is somewhat to be expected for a uh, Mountain West team. Um, tail. Uh, right. they're at home, uh, San Jose State's at home too, right? Yes. Major tail. Yeah, definitely. All right, next up is Virginia Tech at West Virginia under 50.5. I feel like this is a rivalry game. It's going to be a battle. I'm going to fade. That West one, I'm, I'm a little nervous about that one. West Virginia can put up some points. They can. They also had the number one rated defense, though, in the Big 12 last year. It's true, but that's a Big 12 defense. <laughs> yeah. All right, and my last one and probably my favorite pick on my college football card is Kent State. Team total under 17. They're traveling to Iowa this weekend to play probably the best defense in the country right now. And I'm all over the Hawkeyes. Hardcore tail. They have right. the best, yeah, they have the incredible defense right now. It's crazy, dude. They're so good. The only the only thing that would hold me back from doing that is just like they'd be blowing them out and they score garbage time points. But I still don't even see them going over 17 with garbage time. Yeah, I mean, they held Iowa State to, like, 10, I think it was. Mm-hmm. But that so, was also yeah. a close game, too. So the defense was still on their shit. True, yeah. All right, your turn. Let's hear them. All right, so number one, I got K-State plus one over Nevada. I'm going to tail this one. I almost put that on my card as well. I think Kansas State's going to win this one. All right, Mississippi State minus three and a half over Memphis. I'm going to fade. I faded Mississippi State last weekend, and it didn't work. Memphis 
is a good team. Is Memphis uh, at home? Uh, I believe so. Okay, yeah. If Memphis is at home, yeah, I'll fade that. All right, and then Tulane plus 14 against Ole Miss. This one's really tough because Tulane has been playing, has been outplaying expectations both games so far. Shit. But Ole Miss looks really good with Matt Coral at quarterback. You know what? I'm going to I'm gonna tail this one. I think Tulane can play close. 14 is a pretty big spread. All right. Yeah, I think so too. Tulane's been playing pretty lights out, honestly. They beat the shit out of the team that they played last week. Um, Penn State minus five over Auburn. Whiteout game for Penn State. Hardcore tail. Hardcore tail. You just said it yourself. Whiteout yeah. game. Penn State, one of the best atmospheres in the country. We got to remember home field advantage. That's been my big fault in sports betting so far this year with football is home field advantage is back. 100%. And Bo Nix fucking sucks. Yeah, he's bad. Okay, uh, Stanford minus 12 over Vanderbilt. They're at Vandy. I'm going to tail this one too. I think Stanford, they they turned the table a little bit. They flipped the page into their next chapter. They've been struggling a little bit the past couple years. Struggled heavily in week one against Kansas State, but man, did they look good against the Trojans. So Stanford, plus Vandy is just fucking embarrassing. Yeah, that's a that's a lock. Yeah, that's a lot of tails, though, for me. Shit, tail, 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 tail. All right. Now, moving over to the NFL, I'll go ahead and start with this one. I'm going to go Bills at Dolphins over 47.5. The over has hit the last six times in this matchup, so I'm going to keep riding it. I'm going to tail. Put some thought into that one, huh? I'm going to tail as well, yeah. All right, next up, I got right. Rams minus three and a half at the Colts. I'm going to tail again. I'm high on the Rams, not as high on the Colts. Um, I love watching Matthew Stafford last week. Russell Wilson sliced and diced them, uh, and I expect Stafford and Cup to do the same. Yeah, I'm actually surprised that they're not bigger favorites than just three and a half. Um, next up on mine is – Tennessee Titans plus six at the Seahawks. Seahawks at home, only minus six against a team that got blown the fuck out. That's a fade. See, I, that's my reason. I'm taking the Titans because they got blown out. I think the market might be over adjusting in favor of Seattle. I don't know. That, that's more so just like an analytics type pick. I, I still mm -hmm. believe the Seahawks are going to win. All right, next up, I'm going. This one might be my favorite one on my card. Cardinals minus four versus the Vikings. I agree with you. I'm going to tail. Kyler Murray was too good last week um, against an even worse team. Minus four. Yeah. It's tail. Definitely. And I mean, shit. Joe Burrow and the Bengals receivers were putting up numbers against them. I'm sure Kyler and D-Hop can do the same. And then my last NFL pick of my top five is going to be an underdog money line pick. I'm going with the Las Vegas Raiders. Plus 225 money line to upset the Steelers on the road. I love the balls on this pick, but I'm going to fade. Um, I'd rather take the points also. Um, they, this might be a little overreaction because I think the Ravens are just hurt. I think they lost that game. It, just cause it might be a tad bit overreaction, but I just like how the Raiders were playing. I don't know. They seem to have a little oomph to them. Mm -hmm. So the Steelers, they beat – you know, the third best team in the league. That's that's true. And I think, I don't know what the fuck happened. I have no explanation for that, really. All right. So Pat's minus five and a half over the Jets. Bill Belichick against the rookie quarterback. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I'm going to tail that. I like that. I might add that to my card, too. Miami plus three and a half versus Buffalo. See, this one, I don't know, man. I really went back and forth on this. I would like to say Buffalo is going to bounce back after a shitty week one. So for that reason, I'm going to fade. But that should be a good game. Miami and Buffalo, that should be a good game. Mm -hmm. uh, San Francisco minus three over the Eagles. Mm. <laughs> oh, that's tough. Um, I'm going to tail. I'm going to tail. 
I, I can't, part of me wants oh. to fade and go with the Eagles to win, but for the sake of my Eagles under six and a half win total future bet, I'm, I'm tailing that one. <laughs> how much, how many units do you put on that? Two. Oh, it's not that bad. Yeah, not, not too bad. Uh, I, Detroit plus 11 versus Green Bay. Oh, I'm tailing that one. Backdoor cover central. Green, actually, okay. you know what the best move for that game might be? To wait for Green Bay to take an early lead and then live bet the Lions because they always backdoor cover. That's honestly that's honestly a really good play. Um, and then last but not least, another big spread. Houston plus 12 and a half against the Browns. It makes me nervous to be tailing you this much, but I think I'm going to tail again. I, I don't. I don't think the All Browns right. are going to win by that much. I do think they're going to win big the game. Fan of my picks this week. I am. I am a big fan of your picks this week. Shit. We'll see how that works out. Okay. I mean, I for, I forget exactly what like the percentage of tails and the percentage of fades were on last episode, but it worked out for me. Shit. <laughs> You were you were like pretty much five hundred. I think you went like three two tail fade, three two tail fade, or like I think you went like three two two three or something. Okay, so I evened out. Yeah. We'll we'll see how that goes, and then we we'll, we will be back next Thursday to update with our re- our record on the year. But that is going to be it for this week's episode. Be sure. I'm sure everybody that's listening to this is going to be watching Thursday Night Football. Should be a good game. I'm excited for it, even though it's kind of a garbage matchup. But it's going to be entertaining nonetheless. Football's back. Feels so good to be like. Football's back. We're in the swing of things now, man. It's not even just week one. It's not even just rumors. It's fucking, it's here. We're in this shit, bro. We're in it. So that's all for this week's, or not this week's, today's episode. We'll be back same time, same place, live on YouTube, Twitch on Tuesday for next episode. And thanks for listening.